0: The Money Show.
1: Shapeshifters. Now, every CEO needs a backstory. Every startup company needs a backstory. But Shamil Jusup, chief executive of Vodacom's backstory, is a compelling backstory. Um, first business venture, he was involved in selling some wusses outside factories. He was just five years old. He was one of five siblings brought up by his divorced mother. Um, by the time he was seven, we're told, he had his own business. And by 12, oh, he was managing a bottling plant. How much of that is creative writing by a public relations company, Shamil? And how much of that is 100% absolutely gospel true?
0: Uh, all of it's gospel true, So thanks for having me on the show. Um, I
1: mean, talk, talk to me about those days. I mean, you, you grow up in Lordium uh, and life is by no means easy.
0: No, so um, it wasn't. Uh, my uh, parents got divorced when I was uh, ten months old, um, and um, essentially, you know, we had to we had to all kind of chip in, and um, and um, you know, there wasn't uh, money for extra things, so we started working uh, from a very young age. I started working at the age of five. Uh, by seven, I used to catch a bus uh, to Marabastad, um, buy earrings, um, and uh, walk around, you know going to Bob, to Bob, Mama, to Bob, and, uh, you know, uh, basically selling earrings. Um, and, um, yeah, and, um, you know, through throughout school, uh, basically uh, sold a number of uh, products uh, with with my brothers, everything from guides to marbles to, um, to packets of chips um, and so on. So, um, it was humbling in a, in a lot of ways, but also taught a lot of, uh, lots of life lessons, you know, um, like your whole takings being stolen, um, you know, whilst you walk in. Someone says, can I just have a look at this? And, and then you turn it on and the person's gone. So, it is, uh, you know, and then you have to go back to your brother and say, look, I lost all of today's takings, you know. Um, and um, yeah, so, so some good, some good lessons. And to old school i I worked in the fresh produce market i sold clothes and so on um and uh when i when i finished uh school there wasn't an opportunity to go to full-time university uh so i started doing my become degree and my articles um at the same time and um you know those were the days when it was still you know, uh, finding a job wasn't that easy because it was, you know, you know, the Edwards would say regrets whites only. So it was tough. Um, and um, yeah, and uh, so I held four jobs. I would do my articles, finish at six, start my second job, which is uh, writing up uh, uh, someone's books. And then I would sell perfumes. My uncle was in exile. So he'd send me perfumes from his stores in London. Um, and um uh, you know I would um I would sell festive perfumes uh, um, uh, in in yeah to to a lot of the pharmacy chains and so on. And um yeah, and then also write up people's books on the weekends and study. So uh, <laughs> it was it was, uh, it
1: was a really, I mean, there was a zero, I mean, I want to call it a zero fun childhood. I'm sure it wasn't a zero fun childhood, but certainly it wasn't an easy and relaxed childhood it wasn't you know ballet at three and music lessons at four childhood
0: no i mean to be honest there wasn't time for for that you you used the opportunity uh you know to 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 basically try and and make some money and so on of course there was always time to to find time with friends to have some fun and so on um and I, I, I quickly worked out at a young age that distribution is king. So, so what I did was um, I divide the playground up into different zones, uh, freeze ice popsicles, then bring it to school, then divide it amongst my different resellers. who I carved up the playground for? Because it wasn't cool walking around selling uh, easy freezes as we used to call it. Right? Um, and so, like I laugh and when I tell people the story. I always say. You see, all it's changed is the playgrounds, but bigger now. We're still doing the same thing.
1: (laughs) And you don't have to physically go out and do it. You can just deliver it digitally now. It's so much easier. Um, And and the the risk of getting held up is is that much smaller. But, I mean, look, you make light of it. But clearly it was a a tough upbringing. So how did you get – you joined an accounting firm to get your articles. You qualified. And you actually joined Vodacom in the very, very early days. I mean, Alan not Craig Sr. was still there.
0: Yes, so I, I joined Vodacom first uh, uh, of March 1994. So we're closing on 27 years uh, soon uh, that I've been with the company. Um, so it was just before my uh, my uh, 20 uh, 23rd birthday, and um, yeah, by 26 I was managing director of uh, and the founder of the Vodacom equipment and device uh, company. Uh, so a very rapid rise, and uh, you know, I worked very closely with uh, Alan. And um, to be honest, I'm not sure um, he, he knew how young I was at the time. Um, but you know, he was. Um, uh, it was. It, it, it was very good at uh, giving opportunities, but also owning it. Uh, he said, he, uh, when he discovered how young I was, he said, "You see, how we're empowering the youth." <laughs> and so. Um, you know, um, I one learned a lot from 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 Alan and and Leon, who was the CFO at the time, and uh, yeah, you know, got some great yeah. opportunities. And
1: I mean, that was a stratospheric. It was a stratospheric rise. I mean, what do you attribute that to? What do they see in you as this this uh, vital in young individual that they thought we can mold this, we can use this, we can grow this talent.
0: Uh, you know, the, the the one thing I always say, um, and there's a couple of lessons that I've learned in life. Uh, the first one, I guess I learned from my mom, um, you know, um, which was there's no substitute for hard work. Um, and so, you know, uh, I think one always put in the hours and so on. But I think also pushing for opportunity, you know, um, I think like within the first couple of months of being at Vodacom and I started as a, right at the bottom as a It was called the Senior Accountant General Ledger Budget Control Division. And... um, (laughs) The bigger the title, I think,
1: the the bigger the title, the the less important the job. Is that what you're trying to say?
0: Yeah, Yeah, so it was... But, you know, I think, um, like, after um, after a couple of weeks of being there, you know, I went to my superior and I said, look, you've got to give me more work. I'm smarter than this. You know, I can do more. I've just come out of five years of articles, you know, this, uh, please use me to do more. Um, and then, you know, I think also one of the other lessons I learned was sometimes you got to take the opportunity. So there was an opportunity to go and work at, uh, because the company started in, in Victoria and then, uh, we moved the head office to Sandton, um, and there was an opportunity to go and work in the financial uh, management division. And, um, yeah, I went and joined that division. And I just sat down the corridor from Alan, so, you know, um, and then seized opportunities. Um, and I think you very quickly saw that, look, you know, there's, uh, uh, you know, I can, I can do more. And, and um, as they pushed opportunities to you, I think you've got to grab it with both ends and then also create your own. I always say that if you're asked to do X, do Y and Z as well, you know, and, and expand it and, and, and make the boundaries as big as you can. I think also there's something to be said of joining a company in that initial phases um, because the growth opportunities are also there. Uh, but pushing, pushing, and creating uh, opportunities and so on, and sometimes you get, you know, handed an opportunity and you've got to take it in run and, and make it bigger and better. Um, and you know that's what happened with with, with phones and Roderickom had never bought phones before. And Alan walks into my office. I think he, you know. Um, Part of my first jobs was just reconciling when Ellen did a deal with um, with big retailers <laughs> They'd walk out to the meeting and, and none of them would understand what they actually agreed to. They'd have a different <laughs> view of it. And my, my job was to make sure they were all on the same page. But one day he walks into my office and it's just before the 1995 World Cup and he says, look, you know, we, we, we've never bought phones before, um, but, you know, we've got ourselves in a bit of a pickle we bought these phones for the world cup for, we, you know, um, and now we don't know what to do with it. So, you know, um, and having had some experience with, um, with my perfume selling, I brought it to, 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 to good use, uh, stored the phones in the base station downstairs and, uh, and then sold it, invoiced it and did everything myself. Um, and, um, and, um, and then co-opted the, uh, CFOs, uh, PA, uh, to, 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 to assist me. And we kind of moonlighted selling phones. And um, the next thing it grew into this mega business. Yeah. And, um, you know, they, came, they, um, they then said to me, look, we want you to be the procurement manager of the company. And I said, but I'm an accountant. They said, no, don't worry about that. Um, you know, um, set this up. And so I ran the procurement side and I ran the uh, handset division. And then it started to get bigger and bigger. And um, um, he walks into my office one day and says, look, here's a deal from Siemens on phones. What do you think? You think we can sell it? So I, I got the price down by like 30%. And then I, phoned, I saw all the phones the same afternoon. Um, and the next thing we were in phones. And, uh, we were, and that became a trend that telcos then replicated around the world. In 1996, I flew to Vodafone and convinced them that we should set up something called global purchasing. Um, And that was the start of global purchasing on... Uh, on device. Sh- 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 Sh-
1: Shamil, I have no doubt that you can keep telling us the most delightful war stories uh, for hours, but we need to pause just for a moment. Shamil sure. just on growing up in Vodacom and helping shape Vodacom, and there was a point then, uh, he becomes Managing Director of Vodacom in South Africa in 2005. He's got this stratospheric career path, and then he's sent off to Spain to go and fix a big problem. We'll find out... How that paid out in a moment.
0: The Money Show.
1: Shapeshifters. As if you've ever wanted to know how to get ahead in corporate, this is the episode for you. Shamil Joseph, who is the chief executive at Vodacom, do what you're asked to do and then do more and never say no to an opportunity. Um, Vodacom in South Africa, 2005, you become the MD and then you get sent to Spain. Did you feel like you were being pushed away from the mothership or did you understand there was a, a bigger goal at play here, Shamil?
0: No, I think it was, you know, they, uh, to be honest, I kept, they kept offering me opportunities. Um, and sometimes when you look back, you think, did you miss out on some of them? So they offered me to go to the Netherlands and I thought South Africa versus the Netherlands, Africa is much bigger. Why would I want to go to the Netherlands? Um, and they also offered me an opportunity to go and, um, you know, run Vodafone in India, uh, in 2007, which, you know, um, you know, was, was a huge opportunity and, and 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 sometimes when I look back I wonder, you know, did I make the right decision by, by not taking it? Um, and the idea was, you know, go uh, develop and, and one day come back and take over from, from, from Allen. Um, and then the opportunity in Spain came up and they said, Look, would you um, would you go to Spain? We have an issue. And so, you know, after you say no after a few times and you, you say, okay, here's a, here's a new opportunity to, to go. I mean, to be honest, it's a bit scary, uh, you know, going to a new country, uh, new team and so on. You know, you've, you've grown up with your team, you know, and um, you, you know, you, you've kind of developed with, with the team and so on. So it's a bit daunting. Um, and you know getting there and then you know um, different market different com, com, uh, very complicated 26 competitors you know type of type of thing um, and a big turnaround um, but you know I think it was um, uh, you know in, in in some ways also humbling uh, experience um, and um, but but a good good learning experience in terms of you uh, you know, um, you know, having to roll up your sleeves and um, it was the second time because I'd done it as in 2000 when we bought all the service providers and my job was to turn it around as we were running it to last and found found the same mm. kind of situation uh, in Spain. Uh,
1: mm, a, a quick question for you. I mean, how many times do you allow people to turn you down when you're offering somebody bright, talented, somebody like you may, you may see yourself in them and they keep saying to you, nah, I don't want that job. Nah, I don't want that job. At some point, it's our human nature. We stop offering the opportunities, don't we? Or are you patient because of your own experience?
0: Uh, I think it, it's a little bit of uh, both. And, um, well, sometimes, you know, when you keep you keep offering and someone, you know, you, you then have a conversation. It's okay, but where do you want to be in a couple of years' time? And, you know, this is a good stepping stone for you to, to be able to get there. Um, and sometimes you've got to push people. Um, and also sometimes it's a question of just getting them to believe in themselves and, uh, and um, seizing the opportunity. I, I always say to people, the train is in station. You're either going to jump on it now uh, or you're going to wait for it to come around again. And who knows how many years it could take to come around. So base you up on now.
1: When you're gallivanting around the world and you're taking up all these opportunities, and especially as you get older, there are family considerations, all of this sort of stuff. I mean, you uprooted your family. You took them there. Did they go on the basis that it was going to be a short-term thing? Because at first they weren't that keen and then they loved Spain. It was It's a nice place.
0: Yeah, so it was... Um, because it takes a while to settle. You know, we get there and you don't speak the language. And the funny part about Madrid... Um, which is different to Barcelona, is there isn't a lot of English at all. Uh, so now you're going to get in, you're going to figure it all out. And, you know, they take you for the tour say, look, here's the school, here's the butcher, here's the supermarket, uh, you know, and cheers. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Here's the keys. And, uh, and, you know, you've got to figure it all out. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's challenging from, from that perspective. But I think uh, you know, very good experience uh, for the family, and um, yeah. By the time it was uh, time to come back, they were actually saying, "But do we have to go back now?" Um, because I think you kind of adapt, you 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 know you, yeah. you you get you make friends and these type of things, um, and so you know. Um, um, and then I was kind of somebody who said, "Look, you need to go back now." So <laughs> I was supposed to be there for three years. So. Um, uh, and so I had to come back to take over as uh, group CEO. Do, does does the job
1: still excite you? I mean, without asking you for dates and, you know, what your plans are, you know, a bit close to maybe a bit close to the bone. But uh, does the job still excite you? Does it still sort of get you out of bed in the morning? It's the only job. I mean, Vodacom is the only company you've actually ever known. Um, and you're still a youngster. You're what, turning 50 this year. Am I right? My, ma- my yeah. math's right. Yeah. Um, you That's know, correct, so yeah. the, the, you've got many years of work ahead of you if you choose to do it. What are you thinking?
0: So, to, to, to be frank, I mean, it's, it's quite an exciting environment uh, from the perspective. And I think what I love about, uh, about Vodacom and, and the telecom sector is that, you know, they, firstly, there's an opportunity to really make a difference. And, um, and you know, a big focus for, for me is, um, and, 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 and for the company in general is to bring that purpose part through, uh, in a, in a stronger way. Um, and, and that's fulfilling because, you know, you, you get to, you get to, 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 to basically, you know, make a meaningful difference, whether it's, whether it's with COVID or whether it's, um, you know, digital inclusion or gender-based mm-hmm. violence, you know, you can, you can, you can take these big causes and actually, you know, as an individual, there's just so much you can do, but, as a as a big corporate, I think there's just you know so much more uh, that you can do. So building on that purpose has been a big part for us, but also you know being able to drive um, uh, on the one side digital inclusion on the other side financial inclusion. Uh, and you know I think what we what we managed to achieve uh, within Pesa and, and our financial service uh, business in South Africa has just been extraordinary. And so you know what, what you what you're also having is you know when i walk from meeting to meeting every meeting is different um one meeting we're talking about payments and lending and data growth and the next thing is music and games and uh, sme development and you know um uh, i think
1: i think you still quite uh, like it I, i've got a feeling i yeah. have a feeling
0: i have a feeling you still having thank fun.
1: Sh- shamil uh, we could uh, we need 6 hours thank you very much for coming and chatting to us this evening group chief executive at Voducom, Shamil Yusub. Get the results your business wants with a winning employee benefits formula from Momentum Corporate. Working in partnership with you, they will apply their deep insights into the science of employee benefits to formulate your evidence-based solution. The result will be employees who feel appreciated, protected and invested in the success of your business. Momentum Corporate. Success is a science.